Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, welcome to this edition of Dairy Stream. Today's topic is an important one to all of us as it's on water quality. Especially today, we are talking about Water Quality Task Force and what's been completed and what's coming next. Now, a lot of you are aware that 2019 was declared by Governor Evers in his first State of the State address as the year of clean drinking water. And shortly after that, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss created the Task Force on Water Quality. Today, we have the chairman of the Speaker's Task Force on Water Quality, that's Representative Todd Novak, and the Vice Chair, that's Katrina Shanklin. We thank them both for being with us today. Now, we're going to start with you, Representative Novak. The task force was created in 2019 to tackle water quality issues that we face here in Wisconsin. From your perspective, why was this effort needed? Give me your assessment on the challenges. Well, we started, uh, um, Representative Trannell and I um, from the 49th District, which is neighboring me in Grant County, um, asked the speaker to create um, a water task force. In my six years in the assembly, um, water's always been a, an issue in, in my district. And, and there was a study done in Iowa, uh, Lafayette, and Grant counties called the SWIG study, which was uh, a study of the water. They did samples of wells, and the initial results showed that 42% the sample they did, which I believe was 300 wells, exceeded some federal health standards for bacteria, phosphorus, and, and that. So it raised a concern with Representative Trannell and I. He um, asked the speaker if he would form a task force to, um, so we could dig into it in the by, and he so obliged. And um, who's a very good task force, good makeup, 16 members, Senate and Assembly, bipartisan, very bipartisan, uh, worked together. As you know, um, I have a very diverse ag- agriculture district, southwest Wisconsin, millions of acres of farmlands, and um, the SWIG study just raised some alarms with me. And we needed to figure out what was causing the contamination, how we can clean the water, and um, what we can do to work together. It kind of showed it, kind of put it on the radar of people, hey, get your well um, water tested. You need to know what's in your wells and in your what you're drinking. And so we had some points we had when we started the task force, kind of directors from the speaker. He wanted to be very comprehensive. Um, we had uh, hearings all across the state, 2,500 miles we traveled and heard from different uh, folks. Uh, they were very well attended and we learned a lot. Um, very diverse group of, of speakers, uh, public, every area of the state has their issues we learned. And so once we started pulling the, the, the thread, it all kind of kind of unraveled on the different issues around the state that everybody's facing. And I, I'm really proud of the way the task force worked. You know, we worked with the DNR, DADCAP, DHS, um, they staffed us. You know, we were in Marinette, which, of course, is a parent, or PFAS are a very big issue. We heard about that. Um, and we brought a variety. What I'm really proud of, we brought a variety of groups together to the table that don't usually work together. And so that's kind of was how this all started. Um, the challenges um, were, you know, just listening to each area, their concerns, what the problem was in that area. I started out this, and I believe Representative Shankin would agree, that wanted to do here was something to build on for successive legislators. We knew we weren't going to solve all the problems with water right away, and our goal was to just build something um, so we could keep going every every legislative session. 
That is Representative Todd Novak. He is the chairman of the Water Quality Task Force. Also with us is the vice chair, Representative Katrina Shanklin. And Representative Shanklin, can you kind of expand on the dozen or so public hearings that happened around Wisconsin? And maybe you can talk about who participated and what you heard. Absolutely. So we traveled over 2,300 miles across Wisconsin and from Superior to Racine and Lancaster to Marinette, we heard a lot of diverse thoughts and perspectives, but also some commonalities. And one was, regardless of what contaminant they were talking about, whether it was PFAS-led, nitrate or bacteria, people felt that the legislature needed to do more and work together. And we listened to over 100 hours of testimony, not only from 70 different stakeholder groups, but also from um, hundreds of folks who came to the hearings in Tomahawk and Stevens Point and Menominee and Madison. And what they said was, we want you to work together. We want you to address these concerns. We feel very strongly that this task force needs to be solution-oriented and tackle these issues in a thoughtful and productive way. And then they provided many different ideas. And what we did was take the list of recommendations. Um, We had our legislative council attorney who staffed us at all of these hearings compile uh, the number of requests and list them in order of most requested. And we, from there, spent several months working together, compromising, negotiating, and talking about how we could put forward the task force recommendations in a way that both parties and both houses could support and appreciate. And the final product was uh, 10 bipartisan bills, 13 bills total, uh, that passed the state assembly in February. So I think, you know, that year's worth of work in terms of traveling around the state and listening to folks first really informed the bills we were able to put out and and the groups who supported the bills. And that included, you know, we had we heard from farmers all over the state and then we had different agricultural groups endorse some of the bills that invested in conservation practices for farmers, for example. And it also included scientists, experts from the Department of Natural Resources, members of the environmental community, homeowners, you name it. And so I think bringing forward, you know, diverse perspectives and hearing from everyone really helped us find the commonalities among all the hearings as we traveled the state and then worked together to, I think, address the issue by putting forward bills that represented those commonalities and provided, you know, that bipartisan agreement we needed to pass the bill, at least through the assembly. Representative Novak, we just heard Representative Shanklin mention the fact that 13 bills were passed in the assembly back in February. What were the major accomplishments in that package of bills? Well, I think one of the major accomplishments, um, besides the bills they put out themselves, is we were able to do this in keeping politics out of it, you know, and um, that was very important. Representative Shanklin and I sat down, we were done with this, and we worked. We hammered out compromises, as she said. Nobody thought we could do this, but everybody got along while we worked together. But I think, you know, some major compliments to the bills are one of my projects uh, that um, I was very adamant about was, um, you know, more money for county conservation staff, because they're the boots in the ground working with our farmers and all our counties and everything, that needs to be fully funded. Um, so that was something that came out of this. And we heard that universally across every hearing, how important county conservation is started the farmers. Um, and a new idea, the Freshwater Collaborative, um, which is a program through the university system that people can go to school to get a degree in water, uh, studying water, and that's important. And then also, you know, I'm very proud of the farmers that came to the table. When we started this, I had many farm groups say, hey, we realize we're 
a piece of the puzzle. We want to be part of the solution. And they all came to the table so and gave some great ideas, you know, included in the package was a grazing specialist uh, position at DADCAP, um, crop insurance subsidy for cover cops, um, more money for producer-led water groups. And also, I think, too, we also put money in here for grants for counties to do water studies. Data is our friend. My goal, hopefully, is to have every county in the state do a water study, what's under the ground, and because we need that data. So that's very important. Um, I know that after we'd have a hearing in an area of the state, and we'd hear back that because we, we'd get publicity at each hearing that um, that county health department would get requests for people to test their water. So we need data, and that's a great starting point. So, so that's some of the major accomplishments. Yeah, it, it, it was a lot of work putting this together, but we did it. Um, and like I said, to start with, this is something we're going to build off of. You're listening to Dairy Stream, and our guests today are Representative Todd Nobach and Representative Katrina Shanklin. Both were involved in the Speaker's Task Force on Water Quality. And here's a question that's going to be addressed to both of you as you both come from different parts of the state. Water quality has been a high-profile issue. One of our strengths as a state and agricultural economy has been our diversity in farmland and geography. So starting with you, Representative Shanklin, how much more difficult is it to implement effective water programs knowing that no two places are alike? That's a great point, and that's something we emphasized when we were at these hearings where, you know, people would ask for various things and, and we emphasize that a one size fits all approach, regardless of contaminant or topography or hydrogeology, is likely not the best solution. And I think most people agreed with us. So one of the areas we wanted to invest in was data. And so one of the bills we put forward was the, the well testing program to assist counties in, in providing baseline data so they can make future decisions, map out their hotspots, remediate them, and then hopefully prevent future hotspots. And I think for to equip counties to have baseline data is really important in the discussion, but then we also wanted to boost the Wisconsin water quality or well, well water viewer that shows where the hotspots are and helps people identify exactly, you know, on the township level, on the regional or unit level. And I think having that information is really helpful because, you know, a pollution or contamination issue in the karst region is going to have a very different public policy solution than the one in uh, a sandy soil region. And I think, you know, when you look at issues like manure spreading or commercial fertilizer application or split application, it's all going to depend on the latitude, what they're planting, what the soil is like, the soil quality, irrigation, it all matters. And so instead of being as the state, the person that recommends every single piece of this, we want to equip them with the baseline foundation so they can best make that decision. And I think that's why we also wanted to keep being a conversation on nitrogen optimization. We had a bill to do that, that talks specifically about on-farm research and sensitive areas of the state, like the Central Sands, like Northeast Wisconsin, like Southwest Wisconsin, so that they can find the best forms of optimization locally instead of the state putting out the recommendations without fully knowing the specifics. And I think that recognition is very important because we did hear from folks who said, you know, please don't implement a one-size-fits-all solution because we've seen that happen before and it wasn't successful. So I think relying on science and equipping people with data have to be uh, the foundation for any solution. And Representative Novak, your insight? 
Um, yeah, you know, from the south of the state, we're in the karst region, bedrock region, and, uh, you know, so our groundwater moves through the fractures and the bedrock and everything. And I think it's important, um, you know, we have to look at each area of the state, as Representative Shanklin said, and, um, you know, we need to deep, uh, develop a deeper understanding of soil types, bedrock, and, and target initiatives towards what's underneath the ground in those areas. Um, you know, and there, there needs to be a trade-off do this too, you know, a reduction in fertilizer in the more vulnerable areas um, means less yield to the farmers. So it, it's kind of a, a how to put initiative in place to, you know, use less fertilizers in certain sensitive areas and, and um, also make sure that the farmers aren't put out of business, especially in today's economic uh, uncertainty with farming. So, um, you know, the economics matter in this too, and that that's a piece of this puzzle. And, you know, we just can't eliminate uh, farming in vulnerable areas. We need to work with the farmers. We need to go in and help them. And, and from what I've learned from this is they're willing to learn. They're willing to maybe change their practices with some help and some guidances. So I think um, that that's very important. You're listening to Dairy Stream, and our focus today is on water quality. We're spending time with the chair and vice chair of the Water Quality Task Force. Their hard work from the task force has resulted in 13 bills that had been passed by the Assembly back in February. We talk a little bit about what's next after our break, but I do want to talk about something that happens on this issue, and that's finger-pointing for who's responsible for water quality issues. Although tests often show that multiple sources and complex contributing factors do occur. So, Representative Shanklin, how do you wave through the finger pointing and accusations and move on to the effort to implement solutions? That's a great question. And I rely on data and science. And so one of the things we've done locally in Portage County that I've learned over the last five years, especially when we started this program, has really helped us all focus on solutions and productive conversation is baseline well testing. So Portage County started sampling across the county, we discovered, and we always knew there was an issue, but doing baseline sampling through throughout every piece of the county and, you know, getting all the towns and villages helped us recognize that we have about one in four wells that are above the health standard for nitrate contamination. But what's important to do after that is a source contamination study. So you can determine how much of it is is agricultural, how much of it is human waste, and then you can really target the solution. Um, and I know Representative Novak could talk about what how SWIG, the SWIG study did the same thing to determine, you know, in some cases there were failing septics and others there were failing wells. But you really need to know and understand the cause of the problem in order to solve it. And I think from our perspective in Portage County and then from my perspective as a state legislator, what I want to do is find ways to bring everyone to the table and put forward thoughtful solutions. So one of the things we just did in Portage County was agree to put on our standing land and water conservation committee meeting an agenda item for contaminated wells so that we can bring up this issue every single month. Farmers from the watersheds and areas where the contamination is most prevalent have been at the table and we've said, can we engage our producer-led watershed group with the folks who have contaminated wells and help figure out uh, a forward and thoughtful solution. So I believe first and foremost, you need the data, you need to have a source contamination study to best understand. You shouldn't rely on conjecture, but you need to have every stakeholder at the table moving forward for thoughtful solutions as well. Well, before we take our break here on Dairy Stream, I have one more question for you, Representative Novak and Representative Shanklin. 
You can add a word or two if you'd like. Now, there is fast-growing number of farmer-led watershed conservation groups in our state that are voluntarily taking water quality protection to that next level. Some of these groups are creating partnerships, including with environmental groups like the Nature Conservancy. Representative Novak, can you speak to the importance of this and how it impacts your efforts in the legislature? Producer-led watersheds are very important, and um, I've learned so much. I have a big um, watershed group in, in my district um, called the Lafayette Ag Stewardship Alliance, and you know they've done so much. They're engaging farmers and processors um, together to document and understand the impacts of conservation practices through the supply chain, and I, I just am a big fan of producer-led watersheds. And I also think it shows that farmers are um, invested in, in solving our water quality challenge. You know, because I often use an analogy that this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue. It's a water is a Wisconsin issue. And collaboration is key and the farmers to the table. But I'd like to see more um, producer-led watershed groups. I'd like to see them um, connect with each other because there's many across the state. And they don't, they they're sometimes don't talk to each other. They, they have some great ideas. And you can see the legislation we put forward is more of a carrot than a stick kind of um approach to working um, with farmers, and and I think that's important. But growing up farm myself, farmers talk, and we need farmers to talk to each other. And if one farmer is successful in doing something, it gets around. And and we need those watershed groups to, to work together, to talk to each other. Um, I see it in my area, and I would love that to grow all over, all over the state. And um, so I think they're very important. To just add to that, I couldn't agree more. And we heard from fantastic producer-led watershed groups across the state. I have two important counties that are focusing on phosphorus and nitrate. And I think there's another one in central Wisconsin called Epic that does tremendous work and has many different business sponsors as well. When you can innovate and incentivize partnerships that focus on the future, it's really exciting for the community members and the field days that they host. Um, they just had one of the groups just had a field day last month to show low disturbance um, manure injection. It blows people's minds if they haven't been on a farm in a long time, the new technology available and old technology like, you know, cover crops, for example. So I think the way that our producer-led watershed groups are leading is really inspiring and we need to invest as much as possible in them and grow them because they really do have the solutions and are providing more and more support for farmers who might otherwise feel um, left out or like they're doing it on their own. And I think that support system cannot be emphasized enough. We are focusing in on the Speaker's Task Force on Water Quality with the Chairman, Representative Todd Novak, and Vice Chair, Representative Katrina Shanklin. They are talking about what has happened as a result of the Water Quality Task Force. And as has been mentioned, the Assembly did pass 13 bills back in February, which carry a $10 million price tag aimed at improving water contamination, well testing, and farmer conservation efforts. We talked about what's been completed, but the big question is what's next? And we'll share that next on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. 
As a fifth-generation, family-owned business, GLC Minerals will continue to be here for you as your preferred mineral solution for your dairy operation. GLC Minerals provides calcium carbonate, calcium sulfate, and calcium magnesium carbonate, as well as customized mineral blends to best serve your needs for dairy cattle nutrition. We provide solutions to animal feed, bedding materials, barn lime, and more. At GLC Minerals, we are laser-focused on helping you work through and adapt to ever-changing conditions. Our commitment is to help keep businesses running by offering technical advice and excellent customer care. Let us know how GLC Minerals can help you today. Learn more at glcminerals.com. Well, welcome back to Dairy Stream. I'm your host, Mike Austin. Today's topic is the Water Quality Task Force. This podcast is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. They, along with myself, are glad you're spending time with us today. Now, our guests, well, they certainly know the topic of which they speak. That is Representative Todd Novak, the chairman of the Speaker's Water Quality Task Force, and Representative Katrina Shanklin, the vice chair of the Speaker's Water Quality Task Force. Now, through their efforts, 13 bills were approved by the Assembly this past February, which does carry a $10 million price tag. They have yet to be voted on by the Senate. And Representative Novak, there is an indication that the legislature could end up in a lame duck session. If that is the case, the Senate would likely take up only non-fiscal bills. Given that, what would your priorities be from the task force? At this point, I'm not sure what the Senate is doing. You know, it's unfortunate, um, um, with, you know, when COVID came, um, which is taking over the priorities right now, um, the Senate didn't meet. There are more than the task force bills sitting there. So I, at this point, I can't give you an answer what the, what the Senate is going to do. We were working very diligently to work with the Senate to take up the bill, pass them. And we, um, I thought we felt we had some momentum on some of these bills. And um, so it's unfortunate. I can't answer whether they're going to come back. You mentioned the $10 price tag. That's just a drop in the bucket for what we need. And again, that would just be the foundation of the start of this. So, I mean, if, I would love if they do come back and they don't want to um, spend any money. There's a lot of non-fiscal items in here that I think they could take a look at. And it's just a work in progress. I'm, I'm very, very hopeful they're going to come back and, and take up some of these. Um, like I said, we had momentum going into the Senate. So I would assume if they come back, they don't want to spend any money because of our current budget issue, that they would take up anything non-fiscal out of our package and, and at least pass that. Because I definitely, we need something to build on. Um, Representative Shanklin and I do next session. And I, I think it's important that we get something out of this. Just to follow up on that, even if there is no action taken up by them or they only take up non-fiscal bills, you'd at least hope they'd approve the aspects of your package, correct? Absolutely. If they decide because of, you know, our current budget uncertainty that they're is not, you know, they, uh, with the fiscal impact, because some of these items do have fiscal notes attached, that they do everything that's not fiscal, um, if that's, if they sort of choose not to decide to spend any money. So I, I think that that's important. Representative Shanklin, I know we are just speculating, but let's say if there is a regular session of the legislature next session, do you envision more water quality legislation coming or would you simply try to advance existing bills? I think it depends on what our budget situation looks like and what the appetite is of the state Senate specifically. Since we already passed these through the assembly and members have demonstrated that this is a priority for them. But what I would say is I I think we would like to get some of these funding initiatives in the budget 
if there's room for them, especially looking at different conservation programs for farmers. We certainly care a lot about the economy for everyone, but farmers particularly have had a difficult time. And I think there are grant programs in here under DATCAP that we all should look at. I'd also point out there are a few things that really we need to do in order to get clean water for folks with contaminated wells and failing septic. So, So there's a bill to reform the state's well compensation program just to expand access to it. We could do that without increasing the funding. For example, there's another bill to provide two program revenue funded positions at DSPS to help implement the program for folks with failed septic systems. That's another one that makes sense. So I would hope that the legislature could work together to find common ground, knowing that, you know, there are significant financial pressures at in our state and the legislature, but we also need to do what's best for folks who don't have access to clean water right now. Representative Novak, you mentioned in the last response that $10 million figure I brought up would only be a drop in the bucket and more might be necessary to ensure long-lasting solutions. So when you look at that, you think it's realistic the state would spend a lot more? We need to spend more money. It's just how we do it. Um, we're in challenging budget times right now, as Representative Shanklin said. So um, one of the things that we rolled around that I'm fully supportive, and we have kind of some bipartisan support for this, is a, a sustainable funding source for water, um, which whether it be we, we've got to quit trying to deal with water-related issues every budget and fighting for, you know, I fought last budget for more money for conservation agents and different things. We've got to have a sustainable funding source for water. And I think that's important to, that we need to come back and look at, um, uh, you know, fund where, depends where we get it. So it's sitting there, they can go to JFC, we can go to JFC with a bill or, or uh, an idea and say, here's what we'd like to fund for a water program or this or that. We, it, yeah, $10 million is is is, is really not enough to, to that was just to get this off the ground and build off of as I said we're, we will need a lot more money in this but in these challenging times it, it's going to be hard to say um, how we do this but it's a priority of mine to to get a, a stream of of money into a water fund and, and you know the purpose of the task force is to get the ball rolling and Definitely what we did is not the end of the conversation. In fact, you know, I think we're just getting started. So it'll be interesting to see how we do this, but I'm not giving up on it. I know Representative Shanklin's been fighting a long time for water. Um, it's always been an issue with me since I got, you know, came in office and um, um, we will figure out how to do this. But it, it's just uncertainty going into the next budget cycle, how we do this. But a lot of this I'd like to try to get in the budget if we can. So we'll, we'll see how this works. Well, we certainly want to thank both of you for your insights on a subject that's important to all of us. We've been talking about the Water Quality Task Force here in Wisconsin. Our guests have been Representative Novak, the chairman of the task force, and the vice chair, who is Representative Shanklin. In wrapping things up, like you said, it's been redundant that we continue to talk about water quality every budget. Either it doesn't get done or it doesn't seem to go far enough. I want both of you to kind of close our conversation, and I'll start with you, Representative Shanklin. What do you see as potential future water quality issues, and how can the legislature address them? Well, we heard a lot from folks about nitrate contamination, which is the most prevalent contaminant in Wisconsin. So I think that's where the conversation is heading, where 
people want to have more productive and thoughtful solutions regarding nitrate contamination. But I also think we are going to have more and more conversations about PFAS and the legislature really started tackling it late in the session this year. So I think moving into the future, we're going to be looking at those two contaminants probably the most. But I'll, I'll point out, as Representative Novak said, you know, we do need a sustainable funding source in order to invest in the programs necessary to help with prevention and ensure, especially as it relates to agriculture, we're helping with, you know, farm profitability and resiliency. So I do believe that in the next few years, the legislature will be having a more concerted conversation about a funding source for a clean water fund. And I look forward to that. And I'm really committed to having that conversation. Yeah, I would echo Representative Shankman. You know, PFAS came to the forefront as we moved along this, and and, and that is going to be an issue that's not going away. It's going to be on the front pages of papers for a long time, and that's something that needs to be addressed. You know, and we've also scratched the surface on lead with the the issue of lead in, you know, the urban parts of our states. And and so I, I think long term, I think the great thing out of this is that we put it on people's radar. It was amazing to me um, to go to hearings with legislators and after every hearing, everybody would go, wow, because we'd learn something new. So it is definitely on the radar with a lot with a lot of members of the legislature, which I think is a great thing. I do believe that the speaker will continue the task force or make a standing water quality committee as we go forward. So we are going to keep water on the forefront of what we're doing. And we definitely put it on people's radars. And that's a good thing in the legislative process. And so it, it was a good process. But we, like I said, we've got a lot more things to do. Well, that was Representative Novak. He is the chairman of the Water Quality Task Force. Also with us is the vice chairman, Representative Katrina Shanklin. We thank them both for telling us what's been completed and what is hopefully next. We appreciate the education and the insights. And I also want to thank Joanna Guza for producing this Dairy Stream podcast. And we also want to tip our hats to something we talked about during the conversation. That is the various farmer-led watershed groups and the efforts they're making to improve water quality. Again, and this is a subject we continue to focus on, and we appreciate your time and attention about learning more on what's happening today on Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us podcast at dairyforward.com.